You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 100 called Milestone Celebration with 12 Days of Ed Tech. In this very special 100th episode of Got Tech, the podcast, we'll reflect on our journey as educators, tech coaches, most of all podcasters and presenters. We'll also kick off the 12 Days of Ed Tech by introducing each video in this upcoming web series. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. So this is the last time I need to do a countdown to 100 because we're finally here. I know. What do we start counting down to now? I don't know. 120? 125? <laughs> 200? Yeah, I think before 100, we got we started getting excited around 50. So maybe we'll keep that going in like... 150 will be the next uh, milestone, but but who knows? We have at least I don't have any plans on stopping this, right? I mean, we're enjoying this. We like getting these episodes out there. So uh, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll figure out other things to be, you know, to look forward to and, and to count down to as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, really setting short, small goals that are achievable. What if we said? One million episodes. I mean, that's not very <laughs> achievable. So, especially when we're doing one every two weeks. So, I mean, these short milestones, these short goals, short-term goals. I think that's where it's at. Not only for podcasting land, but also in life, and especially as an educator, making short-term goals that are challenging but achievable. Yep, that's a great tip, and uh, that's how we're going to approach our upcoming episodes as we continue to find things to get excited about. I think maybe... You guys might be sick of hearing this, and this might be the last time we'll say this one too, but we've done consistently an episode every two weeks for now, 100 episodes. And you've heard us say that a lot because we're pretty proud of it. And maybe we can let that one go now too, that we've hit this 100 episode mark on a regular two-week schedule, right? Or does, or does that one deserve to be mentioned regularly? <laughs> uh, we, we don't need to mention it, but at the same time, I think we need to reflect a little bit on that because one of my sons was born on a Monday and the other one was born on a Saturday. And somehow, and you had a daughter that was born, and through all that, we still made it through. And I think, I don't know, for me, I think if we would break that cycle of every other Monday, then it becomes a little bit more laxed and since we've done it once, we could do it again, and then we could do it again. I kind of like the streak. I like that a lot, and I, I like. I think that's one of our big takeaways. I mean, find the way that you work the best, and stick to it. And once again, that was our goal, and we have accomplished that goal. So if I could touch my back with my hands, you know, pat myself on the back, I would. But I look goofy trying to do it because, you know, I'm... You can't reach your one arm around the other, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit there. I got um, it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big deal. And you already talked about setting achievable goals. And I think our, our goal that we initially set of an episode every two weeks is was just that. Certainly, it's been a challenge. And I think we did that on purpose. I mean, we could have said one episode a month and that would have been easier. 
Um, but I'm, I'm glad we said it this way and I'm extra pumped that we were able to keep it up. So that's those are just some of the things that we've been re reflecting on here as we get into our 100th episode milestone. And we're going to sort of hone in on some specific topics for these reflections, starting with some of our takeaway moments of the past, you know, I guess technically past 99 episodes. And I'll kick it off if you don't mind because one of mine has been, as you're speaking, and I carry this a lot into my teaching too, so this is, you know, if you're not a podcaster, this might even help you just as a teacher, not being afraid to, to pause and stop and collect your thoughts. As When you're recording your voice, that's a skill, is to not sit there and stumble or just talk more, but not saying important things or not saying valuable things to kind of literally just stop talking and think about what you've said and what you're going to say next. I know early in my teaching career, I used to feel like I was on, you know, putting on a show for the kids all the time. So I would just talk constantly and get super animated. And, and that's helpful in a way, but I think it's more helpful if you can vary that with times where you, you slow down. And if you're not sure what you're going to say next, to stop talking and just kind of stand there and think about it. Because what you say ends up being more valuable and you know, I, I know we've both grown a lot in that as podcasters. I know it because I do the editing for these shows, and I used to spend about two to three hours editing a show, and, you know, these days it's down to 30, 45 minutes because of that skill. And I think that's just a good thing for recording yourself. It's it's also a good thing in life and in teaching, too. Yeah, just going with this, stopping and pausing, collecting your thoughts. If you struggle with classroom management uh, because your students are talking, the best thing, one of the best things to do is just stand up there and look at the people that are talking and don't say a word and they'll get the point and it gets awkward and they they stop talking and next thing you know they're they're refocused that really one of my takeaways with that is if everything means something nothing means like if everything's important nothing's important right so if you're up there just telling them all right you need to be quiet now over and over and over again if every single time that's the important message then that's that's going to lose its luster and it's not going to be important. So this is a great skill to have. I'm going to hop into the next one. One of my favorite takeaways is how many times we failed. Whether it was we forgot to hit the record button or we lost the memory card or the SD card that has the audio on it or we didn't have one of the microphones or my favorite failed episode title. Our second episode was the biggest failure of a title we called it the porcelain goddess it's also my favorite title to date uh, we learned that your titles unless you're like a joe rogan or something like that where he has millions of of subscribers your title is very important because your audience members want to know what they're listening to so porcelain goddess that was episode two you know we we pushed that one out and it got maybe two <laughs> listens yeah our first one did well our second one we were expecting it to do well and it was a playful title and it was all about gamification and being creative and basically where you're the most creative and i believe i had one or two kids at the time i can't remember but i would say when i'm making escape the rooms my most creative spot was in the bathroom hence porcelain goddess and i would say that because no kids were there to yell at me or need anything. So I was just in there. It was quiet. I could collect my thoughts. And that's where the creative magic came alive. So no one got that. Can't be that clever with the title. So we went back and renamed it Gamification. And then that episode took off. 
Yeah, I mean, I I like the title too. I thought it was catchy, but you're right. I mean, if and if you think about right now the way you listen to podcasts, I know that I sort of flip through and I look at the titles. So if I'm a, a busy person, a busy teacher, and I've got a 30-minute ride home, am I going to devote that to something called Porcelain Goddess? Maybe not, because it's I don't even know what that episode is about. So I was sad to change the name on that one because I did like it and I thought it was funny and we had the good narrative of thinking about what you're going to do and being creative in the bathroom, but it just didn't pan out. So that was definitely something we failed with. You know, we've already talked about the, the every other Monday thing as being a really important takeaway for us. And another one is just how much we learn. You know, I always said that the reason I like doing PD and speaking in front of teachers is because it forced me to grow and forced me into a lot of stuff that I would not have done otherwise. If you're a teacher who hasn't put yourself in that situation, I highly recommend it. I mean, you know, being involved in professional development and speaking and recording yourself really stretches you thin in a lot of ways in terms of time and commitment, maybe even money, depending on if you're traveling or how you're doing it. But you you grow a lot and you are kind of forcing yourself into that. So, I mean, I could I could list a hundred different things that I do now as a teacher that I would not be doing if it was not for this show. Yeah, and I agree with that. And this is where I'd like to point out, I, I use a scientific term here, punctuated equilibrium. But punctuated equilibrium is when you have certain periods of a lot of growth and then you have stabilization. So if you don't challenge yourself as a teacher uh, and if your students don't challenge themselves as students, you're going to be on this period of very little growth for a long period of time. When you make yourself uncomfortable and you have to figure out how to get back to comfortable, that is when you experience the most growth. So this podcast has done just that. Public speaking, I've always challenged myself to do it. I never really liked it, but guess what? Through this podcast, I've learned to really like it because it's not about how well I speak, even though it is partially. It's, it's about making connections and sharing knowledge and serving others. And I feel like with this podcast, that's exactly what I've had the opportunity to do. And I think that's super important. As educators, we can't just say that we're lifelong learners. We have to show that we're lifelong learners. Yeah, I mean, that, that really sums it up and I think maybe puts a cap on these takeaway moments. We did have one more uh, that we wanted to mention, but I'll, I'll use it to segue into uh, some of the next stuff we wanted to share with you guys. And that is that the podcast really has, it's, it's led us, uh, we've met a ton of new people through getting guests on the show. And then all of a sudden that guest is a, a friend or a colleague now and you carry that relationship forward. And that's sort of the next thing we're gonna get into is just memorable segments. And as we were going through those memorable segments, we realized that a lot of those were guests. And now I you know, speak for myself here, you can jump in. All of our guests have been great, and all of them are probably my favorite episodes to do uh, because of that aspect of meeting new people and starting those relationships and just sort of hearing someone else's perspective. So, you know, I wanted to sort of get that on the table right off the bat that we love our guest episodes and they're all great, but there's some that jumped out at us as turning points, maybe. Is that a good way to describe these? Well, I think all these episodes that we're mentioning, and we could have went way more past five. Right. All of these led to something else occurring in our teaching career that had a big impact on a lot of other people. For example, the first one was Canva versus Adobe Spark debate with Brian Carpenter. 
All right. Yes, we have developed a great relationship with Brian. He's awesome. He started his own podcast, um, Fresh Air at Five. Go check that out. But, I mean, I pitted you against Brian. So it was you and Canva against Brian and Adobe Spark against one another. I wanted to see what happened. It was like my own personal experiment. But through that episode, I realized that there's value in Adobe Spark. And there's certain things that Adobe Spark does extremely well that... You know, maybe I want to use it for that specific purpose. And there's things that Canva does extremely well. So in our course, World Ready Technology, we have now, you know, we looked at that and we're like, hey, we don't need to teach specific tools. We need to teach specific skills. And these skills can be found in both both tools. So we are able to encompass two ed tech tools uh, into the course and provide choice for our students, which is huge. Yeah, I mean, we've got students recording podcasts right now for this class, and some of them are editing and recording in WeVideo. Some of them are on PCs using Audacity, and some of them have went sort of to the fully professional end of the spectrum. What's the Adobe program that some of the kids are using? Is it Audition? Audition or Premiere, right? Some kids are using Premiere. Uh, They're across the board, and that's sort of what we're talking about here is that just, you know, you're teaching skills, and then the tools themselves, over the next 10 years, they're going to be changing. There's going to be new ones, better ones, updates. So you want to make sure the skills are the foundation, not the tool itself. So that's a big one. Uh, One of my choices here for memorable segments was the EdTech Fantasy Draft. We've done it a couple times with our friend and colleague, Jeff Loesch. As a guest, uh, I like this because um, I like sharing all those tools. I think each episode shared at least 40 tools, maybe even more. It's just fun to do, obviously, because it, it it's like a mock fantasy draft, which is a good time. And I like it because to me, it was sort of a flagship of if I was going to have somebody listen to Got Teched and let them know why they should listen, I would probably direct them to one of these episodes. It's more packed with ideas and things to try than anything else it's got the guest element so there's you know the banter involved it's got the fun of of the game of the draft and i just like it and i think it sort of is is a cornerstone of what we've done so far in these hundred episodes so that that was definitely a big one for me yeah with those tools we also offer templates and ideas as well and i think uh, that's what makes us unique we're not like a a drive-by uh, go to, up to one convenience store, uh, grab one item, go to the next one. It's not just a flash pass. Right. We're not, we spend some time and we come up with some ideas of how you could actually use these tools in creative ways in your classroom. And then if we have a template for it, we share it. And I think that's important. Uh, the next one is Jen Lehman's green screen uh, episode. And I think this was monumental for us because. You know, up until that point, we were pretty much podcast and image only. Um, Nick is extremely good at Canva. He doesn't give himself enough credit. But with this green screen element, it was like next level stuff. And then from there, we got comfortable with the green screen. And we went and we added that to the World Ready Technology course, which really is a bunch of collections of ideas that a lot of them stem from the podcast. So... Thank you, Jen, for all that information on the green screen. Uh, I just thought that was a great episode. Yeah, and it was cool because for me at least, you know, you think of a, a green screen as like a professional thing that you have to have a TV studio to use and fancy cameras and equipment, and it's totally not that. It's it's really, really simple, and there's a, a lot of even free 
editing websites out there that will allow you to, it's called color keying, right? Isn't that the actual term? It's a color key when it doesn't even have to be green. You know what I mean? Green is a good color to use for it, but you could use blue or literally any color. Uh, and a lot of tools allow you to do that. It's, it's like a pretty simple thing to do. And that was actually an important part of that episode for me is just, it's not always as hard as you think it's gonna be. And maybe if you give it a shot and do a little bit of research, maybe with a podcast like this one or any other podcast that shares tech tips like this, you might find out that there's some really neat stuff you can do. It doesn't have to be some big time consuming thing. So as a you know chemistry teacher, I should have nothing to do with green screening at all, but I can build that into a class project that's a little more fun and gets the kids excited about what they're learning. So that was a, another sort of side aspect to that. Um, this next one is you know, one, of, one of our challenges in recording these episodes over multiple children being born, multiple house moves, a global pandemic that separated us for like a year straight um, was I had to bail last minute on an episode recording. It was, we were sort of under the gun to finish it. And guys stepped up big time for uh, our first and only, so far only, solo record. And I know that was, that was I'll, and I'll say too, he killed it. If you haven't checked out the EdTech Toolkit episode, it's somewhere back there, maybe in the 60s or 70s, I want to say. He did a great job, but I know it was kind of tough for you, right? Uh, it was very challenging, for sure. I mean, talking to myself is difficult. So right. I think of the podcasters out there that are mainly a solo show uh, where they don't have a lot of guests. And one of the ones that is coming to mind is uh, Chris Nessie's House of EdTech. He does an amazing job. He uh, has that down to an art, and you know he just, for the most part, he has guests, but for the most part, he talks to himself, but he makes it seem like he's talking to you. Right. And that was challenging. I'm not going to lie. It was super challenging. Mad respect for all those that have that type of a show. But I got to talk about my EdTech toolkit, and it made me realize that if I'm going to battle, and this is... Not really battle. If I'm going to teach, <laughs> okay. I should say, uh, you know, I want to have certain tools that I have with me. These are my MacGyver tools. I mean, that's dating me a little bit, but I don't care. You know, I have my fishing string. I have all those tools that you never know what you could use it for in creative ways, but I have them. And I, I was happy to share them, but I'm not going to lie. It took me a long time to get through that episode. Because I'm very, when it when it's just me, I'm very self-critical and I wanted to nail it and do the podcast justice. So I probably did about 500 takes on that one. I'm definitely exaggerating that number, but I did take a long time to get that one started and completed. And we, I think I finished recording it at 1130 and then I had to edit it. And get it in by midnight so we kept the uh the every other monday yeah. but and he did a great job it was one of our most popular episodes and continues to be so that was cool i think i kind of want to do a solo episode maybe as like a bonus just so i can try it and see how hard it is because if you i mean you guys could imagine if you're used to talking with someone like right now while i'm talking guys is listening but he's also thinking about what he's gonna add in next or if i you know, lose my train of thought, he's probably lining up something to start with. You know what I mean? So we keep the flow going. If it's just you, you got to be doing all that the whole time while you're speaking. And, you know, I'm sure that's a skill too that you could grow with. But if you're just kind of thrown into it, 
it's a tough thing to do. So that was awesome. Maybe I'll give it a shot in the upcoming uh, 100 episodes. Who who knows? And our last one, maybe the biggest one, is um, a specific episode, I believe 21. We talked about a lot of things in episode 21, but one of the key ones was a, a framework called UDL, the Universal Design for Learning. And we had an expert guest that show uh, named Kyle Nemus. If you've been listening to our show since then, you've heard this name many times, especially recently. Kyle's become not only a colleague, but a, a good friend and a business partner as we've sort of branched out from Got Teched and started a couple other side projects, maybe main projects. I'm not sure how they compare to this, um, but other things that we're doing. One of them, Treefish EDU, is the parent company where we are PD people. We are presenters for hire. We put on sessions. COVID kind of slowed that down, but you know, Kyle has been a big part of that. And now mayatechbundle.com, our site where we're giving people extended trials. And you know, he's been a big part of that. And I don't think, I mean, we met him at a conference and we probably wouldn't have even been at that conference if it wasn't for Got Tech, the podcast and us sort of being there and meeting people and trying out new things. So uh, that was an important one. Uh, plus, I know for me, UDL, Universal Design for Learning, was just a really cool thing to to learn about, and the idea of of student choice. And there's just a, a lot of a lot of great things to come out of episode 21. Yeah, I, I, now that you mentioned that, we did meet him at a conference, and it was through we got introduced to him by another podcast uh, co-host, Stacy Lindis, who does podcast PD with uh, AJ Bianco and Chris Nessie. We would have never probably crossed paths because I think another podcaster told us about the PD opportunity, and then when we were there, we met up with those, uh, you know, a couple of podcasters, and they introduced us to Kyle, which was pretty cool. So those are our, our reflections on the past 100 episodes. We could do this for the full hour of the show, at least, um, but we're going to cut it off at those and get into our real segment. I don't know if the real segment, but the main segment, introducing the 12 Days of Ed Tech. Um, in between this segment and that, we put together a, a little special piece of production over the past year or so. I've been saving times where we have messed up and, and save those little clips as uh, outtakes or bloopers, if you want to call them that. Yeah, so a lot of these bloopers we cannot share because we want to keep the rating right. of the show. Right. <laughs> but sometimes we'll go on and we'll say something absolutely phenomenal that we wish that we can keep in there but we just lose our train of thought and as you can probably well imagine what comes out of her mouth i mean at some point in time you could call us sailors uh, we get very animated there are times that i went full brave heart on nick uh, <laughs> because i was on such a roll and uh, we have certain cues when we want to add to each other's statements so it means land your plane and let me finish uh that that segment or something like that and i would see his finger go up and i was on such a roll and then i would lose track of something and then i would just go full brave heart speech on him so these are these are just you know f some fun takeaways yeah so you'll you'll hear that and then you'll hear segment two the introduction to 12 days of ed tech <laughs> So 
Today's teacher question of the day is a very interesting one. Somebody submitted a question asking about the difference between uh, something. I have to stop this. Whatever adjective that you want to put in there, EdTech apps. And we're going to go at it. So this is going to be a good one. I mean, last time I kind of we'll restart. All right. Because uh, I didn't know where. Pew, 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 pew. Waiting to start. You ready to start? I'll start it. I don't know what we're talking about, though. Until next time, you can visit us at our webpage at wegottech.com. Uh. Welcome back to Got Tech the Podcast. This is episode 35 called... Wait, what is this called? Remember, Nick and I are sharing... Uh, chillin', 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 like a villain, villain, villain. All right, it's time for our tech question of the day, the teacher tech question of the day. And, uh, blah, 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 blah. In this tech battle royale, Nick and Geis physically fight each other to choose a winner. In this tech battle royale, Geis uses Nick's mom to come in and put an a- whooping on him. We'll fight using tools of our choice. Nick gets her grenade. Geis uses a pen. Nick and Geis decide to use Photoshop to see how bad they could draw each other's six-pack of abs. <laughs> Geis takes a break and makes it and then shows a camel kicking him through a field goal. All right. And with that, let's get started with the 12 days of ed tech. The idea here, you came up with this. I, I love the idea. I'll maybe explain it to people and you can fill in the gaps. Is every day we're going to feature or release a different video that totaling 12 of these things starting December 7th, the day after this episode being released, Monday, December 6th. So the next day will be the first release of a series of videos. They're very short. I think my maximum one tops out at like five minutes or so. I'm not sure how yours stack up to that, but very short on our YouTube channel, trying to get back into that a little bit more, sort of like mini podcast episodes, but focused on a specific thing. Um, some aspect of ed tech that similar to what we share about on the show, different than what we talk about on the show. Of course, it's a video, so we can take that visual component and kind of walk you through how to use some of these tools in a very, very brief way. So I, I believe in this segment, we just want to tell you about that and introduce it to you guys so you know what to expect, right? Yeah, so we'll send out an infographic that has all 12 of the videos and the date and links that go with that. Uh, but we are scheduling each video to be released uh, one per day starting December 7th and going through December 18th, uh, straight through. And all these videos are things that we have not had on our YouTube channel yet. So that was a challenge for us because we have a lot on our YouTube channel that we're very proud of. Uh, but we're hoping to get a little bit more interaction with their YouTube channel. And the way that you do that is by producing quality content that people want to know about. And I think we, we've successfully done that. Uh, if you go on and you take a look at any of these videos, we'll post them on Twitter as well. If you interact with us on these videos and, and kind of tell us how you use a tool that we talk about or how you took something that we talked about in the video and you tag us on Twitter, We'll reach out and we'll send you uh, some Got Tech swag uh, just as a thank you for supporting us and for contributing and continuing the conversation on social media because that helps us continually grow. And uh, we're, we're just very happy to have these connections. 
Yeah, and then, you know, side note to that is you can always reach out to us on Twitter about any of our content. That's videos, episodes, freebie giveaways on gottech.com. And if you tell us that you used it and that you like it, and if you share it, um, we'll probably send you something anyway. We've got tons of stickers and T-shirts and hats and all kinds of junk that we send to people uh, for doing that because we appreciate it so much. So anytime you want to do that, please feel free. And let me let me kick it off with the, our first video to be released, um, which is going to be mine, I believe. It's called Five Ways to Make Canva Images Pop. We've mentioned it once already or in our first segment. There's lots of great graphic design tools out there, right? Adobe Spark, AdviseMe, uh, Canva is just another one. It's my personal favorite uh, because I think it's the easiest. You could hear a different opinion if you go back to that Brian Carpenter episode because he says Adobe Spark is actually easier, but that can be up to you. I will jump in and mention that Brian was just on a Saturday roundtable with Tim Cavey, who's the host um, of Teachers on Fire. Uh, and Brian was actually demoing how to use Canva in his how he uses Canva in his classroom. So I think I think you might have rubbed off on him a little uh, bit there, Nick. Man, come on! I want a rematch. That's ridiculous. Come on, Brian. That's actually good for me though, and it makes me happy. And I mean, but the real point is, any of these tools are great. But as my personal favorite, uh, I made this video focused on Canva, and. You know, we've been having students use this a lot for our podcasting class. They're making images for Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And that's sort of what I think Canva is built around. And I've shared five things that I've noticed are very helpful to students in creating design that, that looks good and is, is super easy. And that's kind of the goal uh, of Canva. Uh, so you can check out that on December 7th if that's something you are interested in learning a little bit more about. Yeah, the second video on December 8th is mine. It's five productivity Chrome browser tricks or hacks. Uh, this one is pretty cool because I learned some new things in doing the research. And you know, Google Chrome is always throwing out new updates, new things, and I like to think of different ways I think I just think about it I don't always implement it but new ways of getting organized uh, mr. no tab over here and zero emails inbox uh, you know he's organized enough me I am not really organized at all but that is a way of being organized I will say that and that's fantastic. So I'm going to go over three different ways to stay organized. I'm going to go over two different search options as well. Two search shortcuts, which I didn't know were a thing, but I'm very happy that I found out about it. So that is December 8th. Yeah, I, I love the productivity tips and, you know, even just things like keyboard shortcuts. Uh, you're really good with that stuff. I'm trying to get better at it because they really do make a huge difference. Um, as Geis was sharing that i just spun around my gmail inbox to show them that there are a total of two two emails in my inbox today yesterday i actually got it down to zero which is rare uh, a net zero inbox is tough to accomplish but i did it it lasted for all of five minutes so i'm pretty pumped on that see he turned the screen to me very very quickly and i didn't see anything and i was like yeah i just said that i expect zero out of you <laughs> Um, so that's, that's going to be a great one. The next one on December 9th is one of mine. It's called Four Tips for Better Screencasting. I was recently helping a teacher 
get into the world of screencasting, which of course is recording a video of your screen and whatever is happening on it while you narrate. And you know, if if you if you do a lot of this, it's easy to forget that it's a, it's a skill. And when you're new to screencasting, it can be a little nerve wracking because that you hit that record button and you feel like the pressure's on. And there's actually lots of stuff that can go into it to make it better. You know, screencasting is very easy, um, but like I said, there's a lot to learn. So this video will feature four things that I have seen that can very simply make your screencasts better. And a lot of this is geared towards, you know, a, a teacher making a screencast to be shared with students and things that are gonna help your students learn better. Um, you know, one of them being to turn that webcam on, right? Because your kids sort of, they like to see you. They wanna know who you are. And even if you are putting it up on YouTube for the general population, I think just people like to see the face of whoever's talking. So, you know, that's just one of them. And, and you'll find that with, with three others about how to make your, how to make your screencasts better. On December 10th, uh, that will be my second video, which is five ed tech tools to promote teacher creativity. Uh, this is a collection of gems. I'm not going to lie that this is one of my favorite videos that I do out of the 12 days. I have bought into the idea of creativity driving the classroom for a long time now. And these tools are, are must check outs. You don't need to use them all, but I would definitely check them out. December 11th is a promotional video, kind of, but we really do believe in this tool as something that can help teachers out. It features our website, our company called myedtechbundle.com. Um, you know, I talked about it a little bit earlier in this episode. If you haven't heard me talk about it before, it's a website that we made that you can go to if you're a teacher who wants to try, let's just say, you know, Pear Deck, Explain Everything, and Cami because those are three really great tools. Maybe your district isn't paying for you to have those tools. So if you wanna use them, and if you wanna use those, the premium subscription, you're gonna to have to pay. And sometimes you have to pay a decent amount for these things. It's a monthly service that can, that can add up over time. Well, if you go to mytechbundle.com, you can buy a, a bunch of tools all at once. That's the idea of bundling. Uh, the more you buy, the greater the discount is gonna be. And the, the savings that you get from purchasing these subscriptions through our website uh, is, is significant. And we just think it's a great way for people to try things, figure out what works, figure out what they like, figure out what's worth spending money on because you get to try them with us and, you know, before you commit to those longer subscriptions. And I feel like giving something away. Can we do that? Yeah, man, let's make it happen. All right, so going with myetickbundle.com, uh, we will post in our show notes a code that will allow you to go onto myedtechbundle.com and choose three tools for free. And this uh, code will be good for the rest of December. So once 2021 is over, that code will be no longer valid. So make sure that you go over to uh, myedtechbundle, select three tools, and enter the promo code 12, the number 12, days of EdTech, all lowercase and squished together, no spaces. So 12 days of EdTech, all squished together, no spaces, the number 12 and days of EdTech. Claim your three free tools in December. There you go. That's a big one. I mean, normally those, through us, those three tools, I, I believe would cost $5. 
you go there with that code, you get them completely for free. So we're talking about some of the most popular ed tech tools out there that you can just try, um, you know, with that code for free. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that, those are extended trials uh, that you would get on, on top. So it's on top of what you would normally get for free. It's an extended trial. And if you hop over there now, anytime, I believe Pear Deck is always free. An extended trial for Pear Deck. So if you want to try that, go over there. It's only for new users to Pear Deck. Go over there, try the extended trial of Pear Deck, and use the code 12 days of EdTech uh, to get your extended trial. Uh, day six of the 12 days of EdTech, December 12th, I will have a video on how to create a live leaderboard. So you can embed this leaderboard, it looks awesome, into your Google site or any other website uh, that you want. And leaderboards is part of gamification. It's a gamification element. And this is something that drives students to want to do more for you. It allows them to put in extra effort. And the rewards don't have to be anything huge. It could just be, hey, you get a free pass on a homework or you get to choose your partners, or I don't know. Do you have anything on your mind that you've given away? Um, yeah, I mean, I try and sometimes lighten the load on work quantity. If um, you know, if I, if a student can show me that they really understand something, maybe you don't have to do as much as the other students that might need that extra practice. So sometimes my giveaways are are, are less assigned work. So that's going to be December 12th, day six, live leaderboards. Check it out. That's a great one, too, because the I believe, I could be wrong about this, but the, the website that offers up this live leaderboard is one of my favorites out there. So definitely check that out. December 13th will be top websites for fonts and icons. That's mine. I believe I found four uh, selections here, four different websites that you can go to for new and creative fonts and Icons. So I always give the example of, um, you know, let's say you're a bio teacher starting a unit on DNA and you sort of want to connect all of your materials in that unit with a little icon or a heading that is consistent. It makes it easier for kids to follow. That's a little bit of professionalism. You can go to certain websites and get like creative looking, professional looking fonts and icons ready to go including a little image of DNA, let's just say, and you can include that on all your materials. I wish I had like a little voice intro that said, instant idea, because <laughs> right now I have an instant idea for that. What if your website was an image and each one of those icons for each chapter or each unit or each topic, that's what they would go. So in the middle we have AP Bio and popping out of that is the DNA uh, icon. And when you click on that, that brings up the unit. So there's actually no written stuff. Right. It's just the icons, and they click on that. And from there, that allows them to get organized. It's like a little interactive piece, but instant idea. Yeah. <laughs> we should get you, because that happens a lot for you, like a little, like those big red staple buttons that they used to have. Where that's easy. That's easy. You need like an instant idea button. But that's a great a great one. And there's tons of ways you can use these icons, and uh, it's it's one of my favorite things to share and talk about. So that's video seven on December 13th. Video eight on December 14th will be six websites for free video, audio, and images. Like I said before, we're big into content creation. Sometimes we need these stock-free, royalty-free, creative commons uh, images, audio, and video 
for our students to use in their projects. I'm going to give you my favorite top six websites for this. Number nine, on December 15th, four ways to help students be content creators. It's something we talk about a lot. In this video, we'll go through four uh, specific, now this one's a little bit different. It's four ideas, so I'll actually walk you through, you can think about it like the lesson or the project idea, along with the tech tool that I would recommend to accomplish that. So it's, you know, I'll, I'll give away one of these maybe just so you know what I'm talking about. And it's maybe the most obvious one. That's why I'm going to give it away. One of those uh, project ideas is going to be student podcasting, of course. So I'll talk about it very briefly, how you might institute it. And then I recommend uh, Sodaphonic as probably the simplest way to have your students do that. That doesn't require any kind of specialized recording equipment. All you need really is, is your kids to have a, a computer. So a Chromebook is, is literally it. And then there's that one and, and then three more on top of that. So that's one of my, for me, one of my favorite ones that I put together. On December 16th, video 10, I will go over five blended learning websites that I use for instituting stuff like station rotation and any other uh, type of method of doing blended learning flip classroom, all that good stuff. So you'll get five of my blended learning websites for free. That's awesome. And next up, December 17th, three new, and I haven't done this yet. It might end up being four new, it might end up being five. I'm not sure because I'm still researching this, but let's just say for now, three new student video projects. I've been noticing a lot in the recent months that there's lots of tools that are building in video editors, screencast recorders, um, you know, things that you might not necessarily expect to have a video editor. Um, now has it, and each of them brings something different and unique to the table. So I'm gonna try and share as many of those as possible. Um, again, the idea being, Oh, that's cool. Let's, let's, let me just throw out again Canva since I brought it up already. You think about Canva as a, as a graphic design creator. Well, Canva now is also a video editor, full, you know, almost fully functional like a Wii video with different audio and video tracks and just all kinds of crazy stuff you can do. And that type of thing is popping up everywhere. So, you know, for me as a teacher, I'm going to want to know that. Like, what are these tools? Why might I want to use Canva's video editor for this application versus another one for a different type of application. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in right now and I just thought of this. Um, one of our past guests, Scott Noons, now works for Canva. Uh, so that's a great resource. Check out Scott Noons on Twitter. Uh, I think he'll probably be doing a lot more with Canva on his YouTube channel or maybe the Canva's use, uh, YouTube channel. But check that out. And I also wanna remind you for educators, Canva is free and you get student licenses. I'm not sure how many that is. I believe it's 20, could be more, I'm not sure. But go to Canva for Education, sign up, and you can give student licenses to your students so they have access to more features than the free version. And it's absolutely free. We're gonna round it out with the 12th day, which is mine on December 18th. And this is gonna be five gamification websites. And I'm not going to 
I'm not going to limit myself to a certain genre of gamification. I think I'm going to splash into all the different ones, whether it's something that runs the whole classroom or whether it's just a particular game element. But I'm going to give you five of my favorites. I, I will remind you, I do create a lot of digital escape the rooms, virtual escape the rooms, blended escape the rooms. We presented on this. It's one of my favorite things in education that kind of got... Uh, pushed to the side during the pandemic, but I'm bringing it back and I'm going to show you some of my favorite websites to support that. All right. So that is 12 days of ed tech, our introduction to it. Remember to follow along with us on Twitter to find the release. That's probably the best way for people, right? To find the release of these videos. Yeah. Go over to Twitter or you could follow along on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe over there. Just go to YouTube, type in Got Teched, and, and click uh, subscribe. You'll get the notifications for new videos. Follow us on Twitter. Our hashtag for this is going to be hashtag 12 days of EdTech, all squished together, no spaces, hashtag 12 days of EdTech. And with that, I think we could round out our milestone episode by just saying thank you. All right. Thank you for sharing our podcast with other people. Thank you for following us on gottech.com. And thank you for connecting with us on social media. This has been an awesome journey. Uh, we, couldn't, we wouldn't be doing this without the affirmation that we're, we're serving other teachers and helping people out. So we just want to take this time just to say thank you. And we hope that you join us for episodes to come. Yeah, man, that's great. I'm glad you thought to say that. Thank you to our, our uh, you know, our small but passionate listener base, and we hope to keep growing with you guys. And like guys just said, it is the reason that we are here. So we look forward to uh, hopefully 100 more episodes where we can keep this up. I'll close the episode the same way we always do, by asking you guys to, you know, keep doing us three favors, and that would be subscribing, get on Apple Podcasts and follow along there, Spotify if that's your thing, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, as well as pretty much any other place you can think of, like YouTube, Twitter, and the rest. If you really want to help out, you could write us an Apple Podcast review. That's really great and significantly aids the show in growing because when people search us out, they can see those reviews. And that includes if you've got some constructive criticism you want to share too. We welcome everything. Throw it out there. And lastly, maybe most importantly, tell your friends, tell your colleagues about Got Tech. There's a lot of teachers out there who don't know the value. Maybe they don't even know that there are education-themed podcasts that can help their craft. And you want to tell them about it. And if you're telling them about it, why not tell them about GotTech.com? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.